Cause if you like the way you look that much Oh baby, you should go and love yourself And if you think that I'm still holding on to something You should go and love yourself Ah, that intro music. Welcome to episode 623 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. One man, one show, and one opinion about one game, Legends of Valhalla. Now, first and foremost, I want to start out this podcast by saying congratulations to American Pinball for getting this game out into the marketplace putting it on location the very same day you announced it and revealed it to the world. I thought that was really cool. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about my opinions about the game. And we're going to talk about a lot that has happened surrounding this title in the past like 48 hours. Like It's been a very, very whirlwind weekend for the people over at American Pinball. And I've been thinking a lot about this because I was called this morning a bad person and a bully. And people are upset whenever Canada says something that's not exactly cheerleading everything that happens in the pinball world. But I want to do a show that's very candid, very honest, and right to the point. And I know the reason why you listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast is because you know that I am not in the back pocket of any manufacturer. I don't care if you come on this show. That's not going to change the way I speak about your products because these are expensive toys. Now, I'm also not gonna just go off and go after a company for no reason whatsoever. And I mean it when I say it, I'm very happy that American Pinball is around. I'm very happy that they're manufacturing games. I'm very happy that they're letting you buy new pinball machines with no drama. There's no money being lost. There's no pre-order. There's no nothing. If you want this game, Go play it and order it. That is how simple it should be, and that is how simple it is. Each and every one of you needs to make up your own mind on whether or not you like this game, on whether or not you want this game. And it's not up to me, and I should not shape your opinions about this game. This is just my opinion about the game, about the launch, and about the product. And it's why I do this podcast, because I want to give you my opinions about these products without feeling like I should be nervous to tell you how I really feel. But I'm going to give a very fair and balanced observation about Legends of Valhalla by American Pinball, $8,399 for the deluxe edition. We're going to talk about the fact that the LE number got bumped up from 300 to 500. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about my gameplay experience at Jack Bar. I went there and I played the game. I also want to talk about where this game falls into the mix, right? Because I'm very curious about the mindset of someone who buys this game right now at this price. I want to talk about that. But first, I want to start here. And this is a thing that trips me up a little bit, and I think it trips some of you up. I think it makes some of the people out there despise me and hate me, and I want to say this right now. Pinball was never meant to be the way it is right now. It was never meant to be this thing where you are ordering product before you play it. And especially a game like Legends of Valhalla. And for decades, people would walk up to original themed games like Whitewater, 
like Whirlwind, like Roadshow. The list goes on and on. How many years did people walk up to original IP games like Fishtail? And how many years did people walk up to those games and just enjoy them? Nobody walked up to those original IP games and played them and then said to themselves, do I want to own this game? Is this game good enough for me to put in my house? Is this game worth $8,400? See, that's the problem with pinball today is that it's no longer about just being fun on location. If you only look at these games through that lens, did I walk up to a pinball machine and did I have fun? Then almost every single game will satisfy you. Especially if you're walking up to a game and you put 10 bucks in and you have some pinball fun for 20 minutes and then you go home. That's the way pinball was supposed to be. It was supposed to always be that. That it would give you a short burst of fun you would see mechanically interesting stuff happening under the glass, and the theme would be something that would speak to you, that would resonate with you, that would pull you in, right? Because they needed to put exciting themes out there to pull people away from the arcade games that were in the arcades. They needed to put stuff in front of you that made you say, wow, I wonder what that does, and made you want to put your money in. And nobody to this day has done that better than Bally Williams. And I see that. I see some people saying, like, this game feels like a Bally Williams game. Okay, I'm not even going to go there, but let's stop being delusional for a minute. But let's start looking at these games in the present day. So when you bring out a game like Legends of Valhalla, it's no longer about, is this just fun? Is it worth the money? Is it worth owning? Now, for each and every one of you out there, and I mean this, you have to come to your own conclusion about that. Would you buy this game for $8,400? Go play it and make up your own mind. If you think there's anything else I can say to you than that, there is nothing else I can say to you other than that. Now, I've played it, I've jumped on it, and I'm here to tell you right now, would I buy this game? Now, before I tell you whether or not I would buy this game, so what did I think about the machine? When I walked up to the machine, in person, it actually looked better than I thought it would. I know the art package is not one of the best art packages out there. It's not. And I know there are issues with some of the illustrations on this game. I know people are complaining about the fact that there's a woman who's like in a pool of her own blood on the cabinet. So did that Viking just kill that woman? And for those of you out there who are offended by this, go read about the history of Valhalla and the battle for Ragnarok. Like, the Viking history is a very brutal one. There is going to be bloodshed. And I do feel that people who are offended by the sight of blood on a pinball machine, guess what? Guess what? There are hundreds of other pinball machines without blood on the cabinet, so go buy one of those. Let's stop complaining. You should be allowed to have an R-rated themed pinball machine. Like, you should be. And the people who buy these games are predominantly adults who are okay with the sight of blood on a cabinet. But yes, the art package is not the best, but it's also not something as bad as Oktoberfest. It's not. And I do think that while the art could be better, it won't turn you off. Like you won't point at the art as a reason why you wouldn't want to have this thing in your home. But it's also nowhere near the level of art we're getting from people like Franchi and Zombie Yeti. And the recent Stern releases are just much better than this. And I don't think anyone would argue with that. The other thing I noticed when I went up to the machine is the LCD is really nice in this game. Like this is a really nice bright LCD screen. Like it pops, the colors pop, it looks really good. 
it's a much nicer LCD screen than you find on a Spooky machine, which is still washed out. For those of you out there who are wondering, is Spooky using the same washed out LCD that they did with Rick and Morty? I believe the answer is yes. So the display looks really good. And then when you walk up to this machine and you plunge it and you start playing, it has a really solid feel. American Pinball builds a tank. Like this is a tank of a machine. And it's weird to say that, right? Like, how do you get the feel of a pinball machine? But something about it just feels very, very solid. I'm still not the biggest fan of the back box being as big as it is. I wish they would have a more streamlined look to their games. I think this might be the AP back box going forward, and that's fine. I know they want to be different than how other machines look. I just think it looks a little bulky and cumbersome, but I do like the way the Valkyrie looks on that back box. I think it looks really good. But when you pull that plunger back, right, it's very heavy. It's much heavier than a stern plunger. And I think that, that right there, when you plunge an AP game, I think that makes people feel like it's much more solid than a stern just because of the weight of it, right? It's like a car door. When you close a car door and you get that heavy thunk, it just makes you think this car is built better than if you close a car door and it's light. So the Stern Shooter Rod has a much lighter feel, so I think that leads people to thinking this game is built like a tank. The other thing I noticed when you start playing the game is everything does feel a little bit heavier. Not just the Shooter Rod, but also the flippers on this game have a little bit more weight and a heavy nature to them. I want to almost say they're a little bit sluggish. And I did notice that when I was playing this game, that the flipper power in this game, I definitely wanted to dial it up more. It definitely felt a little sluggish and a little slow. And when the ball was going up the play field, it wasn't flying up the play field. Like it was not flying up that center ramp. It was crawling up that center ramp. And so I definitely think if there's a setting in this game to jack the flipper power up, it definitely needs a lot more flipper power. Now I've heard this feedback from other people who have jumped on this machine. And I think American Pinball and Jersey Jack Pinball, both games feel a lot floatier than a Stern. And if you love the way a Stern machine feels, I do think you're going to be somewhat disappointed when you jump on this game because it's not going to give that snappiness that you're going to get on a Stern machine. And I still don't understand why the other manufacturers can't replicate what Stern does when it comes to pinball feel because if what you love is shooting a pinball machine just on a gameplay level, there is no better feel than a Stern machine. The next thing I noticed were the sound and the callouts in the game were really strong and really powerful. Now, I won't lie to you. I was playing at Jack Bar. So there were other machines going. And when you have other machines going at a bar, it is really hard to hear the callouts and hear the music the way you should in a home environment. But then again, as I said, this is how machines were meant to be played. And so, yes, there are great callouts and great music in this game. All right, so let me talk a little bit about gameplay next. So how does the game play? How does it shoot? And the word I kept saying to myself as I was playing the game is the game shoots fine. I mean, there was absolutely no issues with the gameplay for me other than the flippers being a little bit sluggish. I was able to hit every shot in the game. It was pretty easy to understand what to hit. The inserts do a good job of telling you what you need to shoot for. From a gameplay standpoint, I thought the game was okay. And that's the best way I can say it is that there's nothing revolutionary going on with the design. 
There's nothing that blows you away with the design, but there's also nothing to be concerned about either. Like this is not gonna be a brick fest like Houdini. This might be their best shooting machine. Now, is that saying much? They haven't really released three stellar shooters. And so again, a lot of what I'm gonna talk about with this game, a lot of what I'm gonna talk about right now and how I'm seeing this game is in a vacuum. And I think a lot of the people on the forum and for all of you guys out there who ordered one already without playing it, I think a lot of people are looking at Valhalla in a Valhalla vacuum because I also could walk over to Godzilla Pro and play the Godzilla Pro after I played this and it's night and day no contest which one is a much better designed game. But I'm not allowed to say that because then Kanade is a bully. He's a bad guy. He's not cheerleading everything happening in pinball. But that's my point with this game is in a vacuum, this might be American pinball's best game. But when you compare this to what else is out in the pinball market, how does this game stack up from a design standpoint? And I'm here to tell you from a design standpoint, in terms of creativity, and innovation and uniqueness. I think this game is just middle of the road. It's a three flipper game. There are no pop bumpers in the game and there's really not that much in it. And I mean it when I say that, there's not much in this game. There's a magnet under the Kraken, which I have to say, didn't really change the gameplay that much for me. Yes, you do notice it slinging the ball around, but it's not very dramatic. Maybe that gets stronger. There is what I consider to be the most confusing Viking ship I've ever seen in the upper right, and you lock balls in that Viking ship. Now, here's where I'm gonna get a little bit critical. This Viking ship does not look like a Viking ship. And this Viking ship is confusing to me because I don't understand what's happening with this thing. You've got this Viking masthead and then you've got this looks like a football shaped sort of like vessel. And on top of it is this clear sort of foggy piece of plastic. And then stuck to that are six different Viking shields. Where are the oars that come out of a Viking ship? Where's the mast? How is this a ship? This looks nothing like a Viking ship. And if any other pinball company out there in the world released this as a Viking ship, you guys would destroy this as being an appropriate toy and sculpt in an $8,400 machine. You would absolutely destroy it. But if Kaneda says anything negative about it, he's rooting against American pinball and he's a bad guy. No, this is just not good enough for $8,400. And I think they should have done more to make this Viking ship look better. The same is true with the Odin sculpt that's in this game. He's up there in the middle above the center ramp. He looks a little bit more like Captain Crunch than Odin, but it is what it is. But my problem with this is they just tack this on and it looks very rough. It looks very rough. And then they just stop doing sculpts after that and they just put clear plastic images of creatures like near the other ramp entrances. See, that's my thing is like, that's a half measure. See, Stern on their Pro will do that cheap plastic, but on their LEs, they always put sculpts. So why does this game have half sculpts and then half flat plastic? 
but this is your deluxe edition for $8,400. I don't understand. Like, it's almost like on the right side of the pin, they decided to do sculpts. On the left side, they just gave up. Is it a deal breaker? No. But again, this is something that you need to decide on if you're going to buy this game. Does this look like they put $8,400 worth of stuff into this game? You know, and so I'm just confused by the Viking ship because when the ball locks inside it, you don't see it. That foggy plastic is hiding some mech they don't want you to see because when the ball goes into the Viking ship, nothing happens really. You don't see the ball in there. There's no oars moving like you're taking off to sea. There's no masthead going up. If any other manufacturer put this ship on their game, you guys would absolutely destroy it. And it's just a very basic mechanism. And the thing is this, this is a very basic mechanism, this ship, but at least make the sculpt look amazing. They should have absolutely redone the sculpt around it because what's happening inside it isn't impressive. At least make the sculpt very impressive, but it's not. It just looks really weird. It looks like a, a Viking ship football from outer space. I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm not going to go and like nitpick the artwork. It is what it is. Some of the illustrations are good. Some look like unfinished. For some reason, the women on the machine aren't really detailed or stylized, um, but the men are. There's It's just inconsistent. I guess is, is the best way to put it. I forgot to mention the light show in the game is neat. Like it's a cool light show, but I'm at the point now where light shows don't really impress me that much anymore because we've seen like amazing light shows on Rick and Morty, on TNA. Guns N' Roses just took light shows to a whole new level. This is like the best of the old way to do light shows, but man, GNR took it to a whole new level. And so how do you go back? Again, in a vacuum, this is great. But if you step outside of the vacuum, these light shows are no longer that impressive. They're just not. And so, yes, in a vacuum, amazing. Outside the vacuum, okay. It's like middle of the road. The other thing that's in this game, and I played this about 20 times, I just did not know how to activate Thor's hammer. I'm not sure how to make it work, um, but it's not something you're going to see activated in every single game. And I wish they had a way to make it more part of a game. So even if you're just a casual player, you get to use Thor's hammer because it's up there. It looks neat. I just don't know how to activate it or make it work. And I just never see it come into gameplay as I was playing this game yesterday. So I played the game and I thought it was fine. And I walked away from it with just this sense of, okay, that's neat. An American pinball game that shoots well. I'm happy for Scott Gullix and the Riot team. They got their game into production. They must be very happy about that. But I also asked myself, what would make me want to own this? And I kept saying something yesterday is, I don't know how to emotionally click with a game like this. Like, how do you emotionally click with a theme like this? If you love Vikings, then maybe it clicks for you. It doesn't click for me. But every day when you walk by your pinball machines, right, you want to have pinball machines in your collection that emotionally moves you somehow. Now, maybe it can move you because the gameplay is amazing. Is this a game that's going to blow you away gameplay-wise? I don't think so. It's not bad, but it's not going to blow you away. Is this a game that has an incredible art package that every time you walk by it, you're going to be like, oh my God, this is one of the sexiest machines ever? Nope, it's not going to do that either. Is this a game that has an amazing toy in it that's going to make you want to see that activate every time you play it? Nope, it doesn't have that either. So I end up feeling like it's a pinball machine. It's based on something I know, but it's not based on something I love. 
and the pinball machine itself doesn't do anything extraordinarily magical, but it's almost as if we're at a point in pinball where because the market is so hot, if you just bring anything to market, that's magical. That's worth celebrating. And I see a lot of people reacting like that. Like you just want to celebrate anything new that's brought to market because you're tired of the inflated prices and you also want to support more pinball companies. And I completely understand that angle. And I walked away from this and the most honest thing I could say was this. The people who are buying this game and show of hands, the people who bought this game, did you buy it because you've played it and loved it? I bet that 90% of you who bought this game this weekend have never played this game. So you're buying this game because you want to show your support for American Pinball and you want to see American Pinball do well and you want to see American Pinball succeed so you can get to their next titles, so you can get to Dennis Nordman's titles. And I'm here to tell you on Canada's Pinball Podcast, if that's the reason you bought Legends of Valhalla, then good on you. I have no problem with that. If you wanna show your support for a company and buy their game before playing it, then that's okay. That's okay. This might not be the game for me. This might not be where I'm gonna spend $8,400, but it's okay if you wanna show that support. But don't for a minute, and I've been reading Pinside, don't for a minute make up your mind on this game until you play it. I was reading some people on Pinside say that this game is a winner and it's going to be bolted to the floors of people's collections. I personally have a really hard time believing that, that this is going to be like a keeper and a long-term winner. I think a lot of people are going to buy this because, again, they want to support Scott and American Pinball and that's fine. But we all know what direction this game is going to go in on the secondhand market. It's not going to hold its value. There is no way this game holds value. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And let's talk about that now because one of the main reasons why this won't hold value now, like it would have like 24 hours ago, is that American Pinball, midway through selling this game to everybody, decided to move the goalposts and up the production number from 300 to 500. And this really heated me yesterday. And this really got me upset, and I'm sorry if I overreacted yesterday, but I want to explain why. I think bumping this up from 300 to 500 is a really sleazy move. And I will fight anyone on this topic that this is a sleazy move because one of the main reasons why people bought this game, it's not just to show you support. Every single person who bought that game, American Pinball, was told by their distributor and by you on all of your flyers, on all of your materials, they were told there would only be 300 made. And that is one of the reasons why they bought this game. You led with that fact. That was the number one bullet on all of your marketing materials. Only 300. You know what FOMO is, and I've been saying this on Canada's Pinball Podcast, that the only way to sell an original game like this is to limit the amount you're going to make, and you need to create FOMO, and you did it, and you sold all 300, and I was so excited. I was so excited to congratulate you on your Valhalla victory lap for doing that, for taking Canada's advice and limiting the number and selling out. And here's the thing. I don't care if you oversold. You go back and you tell some of those distributors, you have to tell your customers they're not getting one. When Jersey Jack Pinball announced Guns N' Roses CE, guess what happened? 
their distributors oversold the number because Jersey Jack, much like American Pinball, made the big mistake of not giving their distributors their allocation number. American Pinball did not tell their distributors what the allocation numbers were. But what you don't do if you oversold a few is you don't lie to your customers who bought in. You stay true to your word and you make exactly the amount you said you were going to make. You don't go back and bump it up. And they didn't just like bump it up by 50 more, 200 more. This is like a 60% increase in the number of deluxe editions they're making. And it really upsets me because as a marketer, this is called bait and switch. You can't do this. And I already see the people coming into the pin side threads to defend this. And the fact that Kingpin Games is also defending this, it's not that we don't want to see AP make money, guys. It's not that. It's that this is disingenuous business practices. And let me tell you this, and I mean this, it was wrong when Stern did it with the Munsters. It was wrong when Jersey Jack did it with Hobbit LEs. It's wrong when you do this. When you tell people, we are only making this many, that's how many you make. And I don't care if the demand is much higher than you thought. You know what? You take those learnings and then you increase the LE on your next game, American Pinball, or you make another edition of this game for Expo or sometime down the road, but you do not do this. You do not open up the order banks for 200 more people. And fine, now there's going to be 500. And I still see people being like, oh, you got to go get one. And that's just my thought on this whole thing. It's a sleazy marketing move. Once you start doing moves like this, it starts to erode away people's confidence and trust in your company. You know how many more Rick and Morty's Spooky could have made once they saw the demand? They said they were making 750 Rick and Morty's. Do you know how many more they could have made? They could have made 2,000 more and sold every one. But what did Chuck do? What did Charlie and company do? They didn't. They said, this is what we're making, and that's that. They know that they could keep running Rick and Morty's to this day and sell more Rick and Morty's than Halloween and Ultraman combined. They know that. They said it, and their word is their word. Jersey Jack Pinball could easily make more collector's editions. And the reason why they're not, the reason why they're not, is most likely probably because Jack is not in charge anymore. And Jack would have totally done another edition of the game. And that's why people stopped believing in Jack. Because Jack kept changing his mind and kept screwing over people. The same thing happened. Remember when Stern did it too with like The Walking Dead? When they said there was going to be no premium to get people to buy all the LEs? And then they made a premium, right? I mean, we could come up with 10 different examples how people misled and lied to the customers. There is just no room to justify this behavior. I'm sorry. Now, here's the good news. If you're not buying this game, it doesn't matter. And if you bought this game, they will give you a refund. Remember, these are not non-refundable deposits. So if this move does piss you off, you can get your money back. It's not the end of the world. It isn't. It's not a marketing move I would do because now they're not going to trust you in the future, American Pinball. Because here's the real issue. Now, when you have a hot game, and you say what the LD number is going to be, you now have set the precedence that you will bump up that number if demand is there. So no one is ever going to believe you again when you set your LE number. And that's not good. That's not good business. 
Oh, Canada, you're a bully. What are you doing? Stop being such a bad guy. Cheerlead everything in the hobby. Here's my final point on all of this. This is an $8,400 game. And I keep reading people saying like, this is a good buy at 8,400 bucks. And again, I think people are living in a vacuum. And it's not just a Valhalla vacuum. It's a vacuum of 2021. We're seeing all of these inflated prices and we're starting to get delusional on what we think is a good price for what is in this game. Remember, this is an original IP game that cost them nothing to license. It also was a game that was developed outside of American Pinball. So there was zero development cost. Now there might've been some development cost, but not much, not much. It's also a game, and I didn't mention this, that has zero animations in it. There is no animations in this game. There's images that they shake and move a little bit, but there's no animations going on. This is very much the definition of more of a homebrew pinball machine that is being brought to market. But $8,400? And if you want to look at it in a vacuum and only look at this as like AP's best shooting game and take my money now because I want to support you as a company, that's fine. But what happens when you ask people to step out of that vacuum and say, for $8,400, is this the best pinball machine you could buy today? And let's just remove the new inbox part of it, right? That you have $8,400 and someone asks you, I want to buy a pinball machine, what would you get? Would anyone tell someone you should go get Legends of Valhalla? Or let's go on Pinside right now and let me read you the games that are available just between the prices of $6,000 and $8,000. So all of these games you could go get this week, I get they're not new in box, but are these games not better of a pinball experience than Legends of Valhalla? Ghostbusters Pro, Guns N' Roses SE, The Shadow, Hot Wheels, Mandalorian Pro, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Godzilla Pro, Munster's Black and White Premium, White Water, Led Zeppelin Premium, Guardians of the Galaxy Pro, The Sopranos, Deadpool, Star Trek The Next Generation, No Good Gophers, Elvira and the Party Monsters, Star Wars Comic Book Art, Black Knight Sword of Rage, Iron Man, Whirlwind, Houdini, Twilight Zone, Dialed In Ellie, you can get dialed in LEs in like mint condition, people. And I mean this. Look at everything that's in dialed in LE. And there are games that are just amazing condition for 7,500 bucks. This is the part that's just crazy to me. Is I look at dialed in LE made by Pat Lawler, probably the best pinball designer of all time. And you have two original IP games. You put them side by side. Look at everything that's in Dialed In. And then look at everything that's in Legends of Valhalla. And you tell me, you tell me, if you had 8,400 bucks to get a game tomorrow, where you're spending your money. And again, this is why I don't think this is an endorsement of how great the game is. I think people are running to this game to support American Pinball. And I understand that. I absolutely understand it. And I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't indict myself for such behavior. Like, why did you buy Ultraman, Chris? You didn't play it before you bought it. You bought it to support Spooky Pinball, and I did. And are you having second thoughts about buying Ultraman right now, Chris? Yes, absolutely. 
as is every Halloween and Ultraman owner right now, I'm kind of nervous that the game is not shaping up the way I thought it would. I mean, look at Halloween right now. Someone streamed this game this weekend and they got to the wizard mode and it bricks the entire game. It shuts the whole game off. How do you release a game to customers where the wizard mode crashes the entire game? And so everyone deep down inside is nervous that we ran to these things and we bought them with FOMO and we wanted to show our support, but now we're scratching our heads because remember, the spooky games are now $9,000. This game is $8,400. It took Pat Lawler three years to make Dialed In LE with all of what Pat Lawler put into that game, with all of those animations and all of the mechs in that game is 7,500 bucks. People are spending 1500 more on Halloween. I almost don't understand how we got to this place. But I think all of us, and I mean this, as a community, need to start realizing, again, that there are so many great games out there. And I encourage all of you to play all of these games. And if you're going to buy something, make sure the game speaks to you. Make sure you love it. And if you don't, you might end up regretting it. Now, where do I think this game is going to go? Legends of Valhalla. Here's where I think it's going to net out. I think they're going to sell probably all 500 because there's enough people out there that want to show support. I don't think they're going to sell 500 like tomorrow, but I think at Expo, having a lot of people there, people will jump on the game. But here is where the game is going to go. The game is not going to go up in value. And I easily think you're going to be able to get a Legends of Valhalla like a year from now for probably 6400 bucks. I think you will definitely lose a couple thousand dollars because look at the starting point of this game. This game is $2,000 more than Hot Wheels was. So there is no way this game will ever go up in value and it's going to absolutely go south in value. And again, look at Dialed In, way more in it, way more of a game. I, I think everything about Dialed In is actually much better than Legends of Valhalla. So why did we turn our back on Dialed In? And Dialed In shows us the trajectory of this game. It will go in the same direction. Now, the only thing this game has going for it over Dialed In is rarity. They really chipped away at your rare 300 unit machine. Now there's 500. So is there gonna be ongoing demand in the world for 500 Valhalla Deluxe Editions? I don't know, I don't think so. There's so much more stuff coming. You're gonna see Cactus Canyon in a week. Then you're gonna get Back to the Future. You're gonna get Rush. You're gonna get James Bond. You're gonna get Pulp Fiction. It's not stopping, but I think this hobby is stuck in a little bit of a vacuum right now. It's hard for me to do shows like this because I'm not slamming the game. I just don't see an $8,400 pinball machine when I look down at Legends of Valhalla. And I just don't emotionally connect with this game. There's just something, you know, it's fine. I had fun playing it and I encourage all of you to play it. And I'm happy AP got a game to market. And if you want it, buy it. If you enjoy it, buy it. But supporting American Pinball should not remove our ability to look at stuff like that Viking ship and say, that's not good enough for 8,400 bucks. Or look at the toys in the game and be like, there's not enough in this for 8,400. Or look at the artwork and say, well, this isn't up to par with what games cost at this price point. And I'm worried about that. I'm really worried about that because I think what's happening in pinball is everyone just wants to support everything going on. And then they're looking at guys like me and they're saying, you're a bad guy and you're a bully. 
And I don't care. Having David Fix on my show is not going to fix that Viking ship for me. It's not. And just because he came on doesn't mean I'm going to say you should go run and buy this. Look, congratulations to the team at AP in selling 300. I think the move to 500 is kind of sleazy. I get why they did it. I think deep down, everyone's feeling the pain that like, man, this is what we get now for 8,400 bucks. And it's not just American pinball. It's everything like Spooky's being $9,000 now. That's what's been deflating me in this hobby is the prices of these games and what we're getting. It just doesn't add up anymore. It doesn't add up. Some games it does. Some games I think you're getting your money's worth. But for the most part, most of us are starting to realize what happened. Like, how did we get here at this price point? Everybody, this has been episode 623. I'm going to Pinball Expo. I want to just have a good time and hang out with you guys. Let's just have a drama-free few days in Chicago and enjoy the thing we love together, pinball. None of this matters that much. It's just a pinball machine. There's far more important stuff in life to be focused on. We'll talk to you soon. Later. And if you think that I'm still holding on to something, you should go and love yourself.